Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Matias Almeida is no longer the coach of the San Jose Earthquakes, and Atlanta United's three locker room leaders are out injured for a significant amount of time. Felipe Cardenas is here to talk about what's next for both teams in the middle of some forced transitions. I'm Alex Abnos from The Athletic, and this is Soccer Every Day for Tuesday, April 19th. First, a quick TV guide for today. As usual, all times are Eastern. There are three big, big, big ones in Europe today. First in the Premier League at 3 p.m., Liverpool versus Manchester United, an old rivalry that everybody knows and loves. Obviously, Liverpool is in the middle of a title race, so they'll need to win this one, and Manchester United, I'm sure, would love to play spoiler that again at 3 p.m. on USA Network. It's also a big day in Italy, also at 3 p.m., Inter Milan versus AC Milan, or if you prefer Inter versus Milan, depending on which naming convention you use. That'll be on CBS Sports Network and Paramount+. Plus. That is a semifinal of the Coppa Italia. The first leg ended nil-nil, so it's all to play for in this one. The winner will go on to play the winner of the Juventus versus Fiorentina semifinal on the other side of the bracket. Both of those teams, by the way, are still very much in the title race in Serie A, so Maybe there's some long-term mental effects, uh, knock-on effects for the loser of this game. Or not. You never quite know how these things are going to go. It's also a big day in the DFB Pokal, the German Cup competition in one semifinal. Hamburg takes on Freiburg on ESPN2. That'll be at 2.45 p.m. You'll notice that all three of those games are right around the same time, so you might have to just choose one and stick with it, or triple screen it, depending on how many screens you have at your disposal. There's also a bunch of interesting games on the American side at night in Mexico in Liga MX at 8 p.m. Pachuca versus Puebla. Uh, those teams are number two and number three in Liga MX at the moment, and this game will be on VIX, V-I-X. That is a new streaming service from Televisa Univision, their big new merger. Uh, it's free for now, and it's where a lot of Spanish-language coverage of Liga MX's Champions League and other stuff will live if it's not already on Tudene or Univision. I should also say there is U.S. Open Cup action with MLS teams joining the fray and playing some lower division counterparts. Those games are always super fun, and you never know. You might see an upset or two. Those are all on ESPN Plus starting at 7 p.m. tonight and going all night long. All right, with that, let's move on to my conversation with Felipe. Okay, it's a new week, but that does not mean that the news is slow on the MLS side. Quite the opposite, in fact. We have a lot going on to start off the week, which is why I have Felipe Cardenas here with me to talk about two major storylines that are uh, happening in MLS uh, to start off the week this Tuesday. Felipe, let's start close to home for you in Atlanta uh, when this season started, I think everybody would have assumed that the leadership for this Atlanta United team that was trying to sort of recapture some of what they had in 2018 and, and before, 
the leadership would have on the field lay with Joseph Martinez and Osvaldo Alonso and Brad Guzan in goal. Now, all three of those guys are injured. Most recently, Brad Guzan with an Achilles uh, tear that'll put him out for the year. Felipe, what has your impression been in being around the team and how these injuries are impacting Atlanta United? And let's start with the most recent. Let's start with Guzan and sort of what the team's reaction has been so far, both to that injury specifically and to just this general trend of major long-term injuries to really, really foundational players. Yeah, I mean, the Braggersand injury reminds me of when Joseph Martinez was injured in 2020 when he when he tore his ACL in Nashville. It's the, I would use the word devastating, which is something that that uh, the way Miles Robinson can you know sort of char- characterize the initial reaction to Braggersand's injury on Saturday night. So uh, you know, you mentioned some three really important players, three veteran players that were meant to help a young team navigate a difficult MLS season under a new coach, a young coach with a young staff. Like there's a lot of that happening in Atlanta. So those players were like really, really important. Uh, you know, I see a team that, uh, you know, struggled to, to sort of handle the news of, of Brad Guzan's injury. And, Cause I think they knew when they saw him go down, you know, today it was made official or you know, about you know, the rupture of an Achilles tendon. But I think, on the field, the fact that it was a non-contact injury, you just felt it in the stadium. You could see it in the player's body language. Uh, you know, it was a disappointing nil-nil draw just because Atlanta United is expected to win games at home. Uh, and it, that the, the result was overshadowed by, by the injury to Brad Guzan, you know, a, a very experienced player, a player who's been part of this club for, you know, since the beginning, uh, you know, champion with Atlanta United. And, and honestly, a guy that like when they struggled last year, he kept them in so many games. I thought he was one of their best players all season. So it, it's interesting because I think the fan base sees the goalkeeper position as, hey, maybe it's time to move on. But I think it's when you lose a player like Brad Guzan is when you truly understand his value. And I think now that's what the club and the players are missing right now, understanding that and sort of realizing that they're not going to have him back there for the remainder of the season. Let's run through some of the options that Atlanta United has in some of these positions. Uh, who's their backup goalkeeper? Are they looking to making make any new acquisitions there? You know, what what could we see on the horizon? Um, and then I'll ask you about midfield and 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 forward uh, after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean Bobby Shuttleworth, who by the way, I just think he has an awesome name. Um, Incredible, name. Bobby it, Shuttleworth. It, it, how, yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> Classic, you know what? What a great movie. Um, what was the name of the movie? Alex, help me out here with Shuttleworth. With uh, he Ray got Allen. game. He got game. Okay, I love that movie. Awesome movie, and that's where it comes from. Yeah. I, mean, I, I remember clearly that. you love it a lot. You can <laughs> you can remember the title right I off do, your head. I do a blank. Do a blank. <laughs> um, but every time I, I I I see the word the name Bobby Shuttleworth, I think of Ray Allen. So, uh, but no, I mean, listen, he he was signed in the off season for a reason because they lost Alec Han. you know, the, the club was not able to keep Alec Han. They came out publicly and said that they had a verbal a- agreement with Alec Han, who's a very good MLS goalkeeper, a backup here in Atlanta since 2017, started 
uh, in their first game ever in 2017, a local guy from Decatur, Georgia, uh, and a very good goalkeeper. And they were not able to get that deal done. They went from verbal agreement to Alec Khan accepting a deal with FC Cincinnati. And at the time, it's like, okay, you know, he, he moves on. He's going to get playing time. Uh, and they bring in in Atlanta, the front office brings in Bobby Shuttleworth, who, you know, 13, 14 years in MLS, uh, 34 years old, uh, tough dude. You know, I think he's a really good backup and Atlanta's lucky to have him. Uh, so that's, that one is obvious. You know, I think he's, he's a different goalkeeper than Brad was. I think he's a little bit more aggressive, uh, you know, and, you know, he actually has more experience, MLS experience than Brad Guzan, which is interesting just because Guzan was in the Premier League for, for I think right. eight seasons. Uh, but that one's there. I think behind him is where the club is is right now scrambling a bit. They they, they brought up a young goalkeeper, uh, Justin Garces from Atlanta United. I think, believe he is signed to an MLS contract. They're still trying to figure that out. But 21 years old, like never played in MLS. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're sort of high on him, but just really like an emergency sub at this point um you know tom boger reported today about an hour ago um that they are that, that atlanta's in talks with several american goalkeepers or several goalkeepers one of them being an american goalkeeper uh josh cohen who honestly i did not know about but he's playing in israel uh, and he was the footballer of the year in israel according to this tweet from tom boger so uh it's clearly a need you know they they can't go through the season with a backup goalkeeper and then some academy guys or an Atlanta United 2 player that has never been in an MLS match. So they're going to have to cover that one uh, with some some sort of solidity behind Shuttleworth. And I think at the same time, maybe this injury to Brad Guzan, as unfortunate as it is, it sets the club up to start looking at that position, you know, in the long term. Do they go younger? You know, I think this is a club that wants to have an experienced goalkeeper. So, but yet it still sort of accelerates that process for them. Do you think that dynamic could play out in the other two injuries that I mentioned before, where it maybe is an excuse in Joseph Martinez's case, not so much because he's only 28, but an excuse to maybe like integrate some other uh, faces in, in, into the lineup and get them more time. And, you know, Ozzy Alonso is 36 years old. He's out for the year. Joseph Martinez will not be out for the year. He's out, I think, at least a few more weeks. But you would assume that he's not going to be at full 100% Joseph Martinez health and strength like we all know him. Um, does this sort of accelerate Atlanta United's plans to sort of move on to a new generation, a new way of playing? Or... Are they going to keep on trying to do what they've been doing, but with uh, some different faces? I think it's it's a little both, but it's a really interesting question that I've been thinking about over the weekend. Like that, the, this unplanned, these unplanned events that are out of their control, you know, serious injuries. Uh, I think a good front office does take this into account. Maybe this is when this is maybe this is the wake up call that we needed. Uh, you know, Atlanta United is a young team. I don't think you know the front office hasn't said we're going young. You know, this is what we're going to do. They want to play young players. They've said that. And, you know, we I had a stat from the front office. I think they were 12th in MLS uh, within homegrown minutes. And that was something that they were proud of and something that they wanted to continue to, uh, you know, they want to climb that, that those charts in MLS and be in the top 10 and, and continue from there. So, you know, and Gonzalo Pianta is, is a coach who's proven, you know, he has no fear in, in playing young players. But I, I don't think that we see a plan. And I think that's the problem with that line United. Uh, they haven't addressed the striker position adequately behind Jesse Martinez ever since his injury in 2020. They've gone through different options there. Uh, the central midfield, I think, is an even bigger 
uh, whole, in my opinion. I think that's really how you build a team. Uh, they had really good central midfielders before, veteran guys like Jeff Lorenowitz. I think even Eric Rometty played a really important role uh, in 2018 uh, in winning that championship, that sort of profile of, of player. And, you know, that was who Ozzy Alonso was supposed to be, you know, that veteran presence that could just be, you know, the, the, the rock in the middle of the field. And so Gonzalo Pineda loves his midfield. It's what he, he keeps telling us, but it, clearly it is inexperienced it's, it, and they're injury prone. Santiago Sosa and Franco Ibarra are two players that are battling injuries, you know, since last season. So, Yes, I do think that it it, it could accelerate uh, the front office saying maybe this is when we we start taking some chances on some bigger signings in key areas and, and maybe bringing in a striker, a young striker, a, a proven goal scorer that can challenge Joseph Martinez, you know, can really challenge him. Um, and, and, and maybe come out and publicly say like, this is the route we're going, you know, we're, we want to be a younger, faster team, uh, instead of sort of mixing and matching and, and patching up holes, which is what's happened over the years in Atlanta. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite free. Hey Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get direct TV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream direct TV over the internet now. Oh sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream direct TV without a satellite dish. Call one eight hundred direct TV. Terms or restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Lastly, Felipe, uh, some news that has been rumored for months, uh, if not weeks, reported all throughout the weekend and now finally made official about 20 minutes ago uh, from when we're recording this today on Monday. Matias Almeida, no longer head coach of the San Jose Earthquake. The two, uh, the club and the coach uh, parted ways, whether or not that's a firing or a, or a resignation. You know, they, 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 leave that, they leave that up in the air for, for all the rest of us. But this has been a situation that has not been going well, really, for either side for a long time. The Earthquakes have not been winning games. In fact, they've been losing them in uh, very often and in not great, very great fashion. Uh, it was clear that Almeida came to MLS with an intent to play a certain style and just wasn't able to play that particular way for any number of reasons. Um, what have you seen from San Jose in the last few years? Where do you think it went wrong for Almeida? And you know what, what sort of talent does San Jose have on their roster for 
the new coach to to come in and and, and work with. Yeah, I mean, I think over the years, the consensus sort of landed on, okay, this isn't working, you know, as as romantic as an idea that it was to bring in Matteo Salmeida and, and what he, you know, the, the, his personality and, and sort of his background, his culture and his ideology with the game, uh, you know, he's a Marcel Bielsa disciple, he, he, you know, he's he looks up to Bielsa, he was his former coach in, in Argentina for the national team. Uh, you know, a guy with a lot of history, experience, and 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 a motivator. I think that w- those are the things that I will take away from his time here. And I think that's what the players will take away. The players that have played for him, like the the life lessons and all that that Mateus Almeida has has sort of um, given them. Uh, you know, moving players around. I think that's key. Like I think some players got a lot of experience, but the experience wasn't all the ways positive. I think they'll look back to MLS. Uh, is back that tournament 2020 is like a highlight and not many clubs in MLS look at that tournament as a highlight, but San Jose did, you know, they, they, they came together and they played well. And that was the best of the Matias Almeida football, but, you know, in speaking to a source and this was months ago, this is why, this is how long this has been dragging out. You know, I spoke to a source close to, you know, former San Jose GM, Jesse Fiorinelli. And, and my source told me, you know, it just wasn't the right fit. You know, you know, he it was the wrong hire for that sort of club, for that type of uh, the, the roster that was available, for the style of football that Matias Ameda wanted to play. Uh, it, it just didn't work. And it, they they kept it going. They sort of tried to squeeze every last ounce out of it, uh, but it just got worse and worse. And so, you know, I, I think I'll look back on that as, as, as being that, just a, a poor fit overall. I think the front office and their history of not wanting to, you know, spend as much money at first was part of that, like, romantic aura around Almeida. Well, let's see what he could do with, like, with this sort of roster. And sometimes you get glimpses of, like, well, yeah, he doesn't need it. But he kept asking for it. He kept asking for more, for, for better players, uh, for, for the for more spending, and it just didn't didn't work out. And so I think in the end, it was a, it was a matter of the talent wasn't there generally in that club and key positions that that need to be really good in that sort of style where you're man marking and just like going all out full throttle every single time. Like that is hard for I think any player to maintain. Just look at Leeds and, and what happened there under Bielsa. Uh and then the front office just making a decision on the coach that let's be honest, these guys that come from Argentina sometimes, especially from the school of Bielsa, like Gabriel Heinz and Matias Salmeida, they're very stubborn, very stubborn in their ways. They have a, a specific way of dealing with players, media. You know, Matias Salmeida was just mm-hmm. skipping uh he was skipping press conferences in the end. And, and, and that's what you're getting when you hire a coach like that. So I think just in the end, it was as if the club wasn't prepared for that either. And just, yeah, just not a good fit. Do you, do you think Almeida would have been potentially more successful with a different MLS team that was maybe more willing to spend on top end talent? Or was this just playing a mismatch between manager and league? I think if he were at a higher spending club, maybe perhaps he would have realized, okay, Maybe I need to change my style. And he, you saw a little bit of a, a change over the years. Like they, they wanted to possess the ball a little bit more, but then like the next game they were back to, to playing, you know, the, 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 the crazy, like all out uh, man marking style players running around without a position. So like maybe with more experienced players, more, more expensive players that are coming in with like a lot of uh, playing experience themselves and a little bit of more clout, uh, maybe that would change his approach tactically. Maybe it wouldn't, but you know, I think in, at a at a bigger club with an even more shine, 
uh, and a little bit more pressure, I think he would be forced to change. At Chivas, you know, just go to like Mexican Twitter right now. And it's like, there's this big debate. Like, was he even good at Chivas? And which is crazy. Like people are like, yeah, he left after they won the, the Champions League and he won a title. But it's like, were, were they playing well? Was the style fit? Was it fit for the club? So like uh, when you get it with a coach like Matias Almeida, his style is always going to be a, a huge point for debate. And, and I think no matter where he goes after this, which Chivas fired their coach and they have an opening and he's revered in Guadalajara. It looks like maybe he'll end up there. We're going to have this same conversation. Like can his style uh, is it sustainable at a club like Chivas that is a big, massive club in, in, in Mexico, but they have their own rules as well as far as who they who they bring in, how they spend their money. So, yeah, I think the Mateo Salmeida story is going to be ongoing. The Almeida era in San time. Jose was uh, three years and change long, and it was very rarely boring. I, for one, uh, will miss having him around the league, <laughs> even though this was absolutely the right move. Alex Covello, who was previously head coach, for the San Jose Earthquakes and MLS Next Pro team is going to be an interim boss until they find somebody permanent. Felipe, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Anytime. Before I read the standard outro, a quick note to let you know that Soccer Every Day, along with all of the Athletic Soccer's podcast offerings, are now available on YouTube in addition to wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go to YouTube, check us out. We're at The Athletic Soccer there. You can listen to and see interviews that happen on this show in addition to Full Time with Meg Linehan and full episodes of Allocation Disorder featuring Sam Stasekul and Paul Tenorio. It's just another great way to listen to us, and I'm sure we'll have lots more cool stuff up there as the year goes on. And the World Cup, uh, the Men's World Cup happens in Qatar uh, later this year. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.